another episode of Our Brooklyn Bites. This is episode 70. I'm Stephanie. I'm Leon. Leon, I heard you were playing an old favorite of mine. <laughs> is it an old favorite? I wasn't aware. An, I would say old favorite. Okay. All right. Uh, Not yeah. a new favorite. Well, this is a game series that I've been wanting to tackle for some time. Uh-huh. It was something that I have played before. Uh, you know, I've played other entries in the series, but this was just a long time ago. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about uh, the Metroid series from. So you've never Nintendo. played them before. I've never played the original. I'm sure you've seen videos. I've, I'm certainly aware of the game. Uh, I've 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 mentioned before that I've played Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. That was probably the only game that I really played. Start oh, so to you finish. played that one. Okay. I played that one, but I played that you know back when it came out mm-hmm. in probably like 2002 or something. Sure. So I don't have many recollections about it other than the fact that I played it. And finished it and thought it was good. Okay. And that's really my only main impression of it. And I've messed around a little bit with, you know, the few, the um, the Metroid Prime series for, mm-hmm. for GameCube and for Wii. But, again, just in passing. Haven't really put a lot of time into them. But I thought, let's tackle the series from its roots. Let me play... Metroid Zero Mission for Game Boy Advance. <laughs> so you're not going back to the, that um, far back. <laughs> it's well, of course, because this is essentially uh, a, sort of a, a modified retelling of mm. the origin of uh, you know the first game, basically. Yeah. But with new content and with new graphics and you know new abilities and mm-hmm. so on. So right, I'm not playing. I didn't. Pl- I decided to go with many recommendations to play. Uh, Zero Mission instead of the original Metroid because it's just a more polished game. Yeah, yeah, it adds a lot of the things that's missing in that original, mm-hmm. and it just makes it a better playing game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this game was released in February of 2004 in the U.S. and actually in May of 2004. 2004? 2004. Really? Was that late? Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it actually came out in the U.S. Oh. first before Japan. By a couple of months. Oh. <laughs> it oh, was. I thought it was like late nineties for some reason. Oh, GBA two thousand one was the system launch. Oh, so yeah. okay, came out uh, oh. a little bit into its lifespan. Hmm. Developed by Nintendo R and D one, which is Nintendo's one of Nintendo's largest and oldest internal studios. Uh, directed by Yoshio Sakamoto, also the director of the original Metroid, and. Uh, that was, you know, done back in 86. And also, he worked on the previous title, Metroid Fusion, in 2002. And he's basically credited as the co-creator of the Metroid series, um, having worked on many of the titles in some kind of design capacity. Mm-hmm. So it was in good hands for a remake. It's not as if someone else came along and, and changed everything yeah. in, out of hand. Uh, so the plot of the game is that Space Pirates have acquired samples of a dangerous parasitic species called Metroids that can drain the life force of living things, and they intend to turn them into biological weapons. So uh, the Federation police turns to space bounty hunter Samus Aran to infiltrate the pirate fortress on planet Zebus and destroy Mother Brain, the AI in control there, right? And... You know, we, we get a little prologue. We, you know, the game starts off very dramatically. Emergency order, exterminate all Metroid, you know, organisms. Um, you even get a little bit of a, maybe sort of a personal note from, from Samus herself. 
saying that this is a place that she called home once, you know, in peaceful times, long before evil haunted the caverns below. And now she will finally tell the tale of her first battle there. Hmm. So already this is a huge difference from the original game that this is based on because the original game had no story right you just started and you're ascending into or descending into the yeah the planet into the caverns yeah. right yeah this is a bit of a, a retrofit they, they sort of took some of the things they established in you know super metroid for super nintendo that had come out previously mm-hmm. and kind of bolted it in to the timeline and into the story of of the series and there are other there were other things too because this was around the time that the metroid Prime series was coming together, there were a couple of things that they even took from that and kind of brought it into this game as well, including some of the musical cues and and other elements. Hmm. Uh, So after landing, you clearly see Samus's eyes through the visor of her helmet. There's no, you know, um, there's no pretense of what the surprise is about who she is and and so on. This is already well established, so they're not trying to hide it at this point. And Brinstar is the starting area. Essentially, it sort of serves as a hub zone uh, for the fortress on the planet. It's described as being covered in rock formations and home to many dangerous indigenous creatures. It's very organic looking. It's almost as if I'm able to walk around the levels of our type. It has that kind of a feeling Mm. to me. Interesting comparison. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's... Obviously, this is... I mean, for anyone not familiar, it's a 2D side-scrolling type of game, although you have freedom of movement. It's not strictly scrolling. You can move around in many different directions and uh, explore a map zone, you know, with uh, various abilities. And, of course, the Morph Ball, the form that that you can take as uh, sort of a small rolling ball, is found immediately to the right. You don't have this ability to start with. It's the right or left? Uh, it is to the right. Hmm, okay. I seem to remember it being in the left on the original game. Oh, actually, you're right, because you go right first, because you figure, hey, that's the way you go in a lot okay. of these games, and, and then you run into an obstacle. Okay, good. So the same and then you go back, and then you find it on a pedestal. Yeah. Right. I'm wondering, like, I'm just trying to remember how much things got changed or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I understand it, if you're familiar with the original game, if you know it well, you'll see a lot of familiar stuff mm-hmm. in, in this game as well. A lot of the sort of the locations and so on are are kind of well known to experienced players. Uh, so this ability lets you roll into a tiny ball to crawl into tiny passages and so on. And it's also useful for planting bombs. You can also do that as when you acquire that ability later on. You mm-hmm. don't have that to start with. And you see a lot of the common enemy types. You see these creatures called zoomers, which walk around on all surfaces. They're kind of like little crabs. You see um, uh, these beings called Rippers, which are usually... They just patrol in, in place, back and forth. Usually they can't be destroyed. And uh, you see other creatures called Screes, which drop from the ceiling and, and drill into the ground. And, and they drill into me as well, if, um, if I happen to be there. Hmm. Uh, they also explode and splash the area with debris. So uh, they're just a minor annoyance. They're typically not that dangerous. You also see uh, mysterious statues scattered throughout the map. You see them, they kind of have a glowing hand, and when you jump into them and shrink down to the morph ball, they refill my health, or as the game refers to it, as your energy tank. And there's also, they also indicate 
uh, they're sort of helpers. They sort of indicate the next location on the map that you should try to get to. Hmm. Okay. But they don't strictly tell you exactly how to get there. They just tell you, well, here's something interesting there. You should make your way there and check it out. So that's something new to mm-hmm. the series. And the map is new, too, because that wasn't in the original. <laughs> right. So I understand. Yeah, it, it definitely is a little more proactive in trying to help the player out and kind of let you know what you should be doing next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still, it's still up to you. And obviously, even though you have a destination, you might check out other things along the way, other things that catch your attention. Uh, these statues are of a humanoid sort of bird-like race, and they often dispense new abilities as well. And uh, for example, early on, there's a hatch that I can't reach because it's like behind this row of, of rocks. And my shots don't reach far enough to be able to open it. But in the, nec- the next statue, it gives me uh, a new ability called Long Beam. So, of course, now my shots go further mm-hmm. and actually, I can actually hit uh, things like that. It's not too long before uh, a save room is encountered. So these are spread out through the map as well to save your game and replenish supplies and so on. So you don't have to type in a 14-digit password or a 16-digit <laughs> password. Is that how it works? It was something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Save. I, I think, um, I wonder how it was different on the Famicom, because originally I it think was this disc, was... Yeah, it was. It, it was a disk system game. Like Simon's Quest also, I think. So I guess maybe it, it, there was some way to save your game along the yeah, way. Yeah, I wonder, right? Mm. But the next upgrade that I find is called Missile Tank. And initially, it's limited to five shots. This is a new weapon, which will open up uh, red hatches, which I did pass on the way to getting it. And there will be many opportunities to find more missile tanks along the way. Many of them are uh, usually well hidden. Mm -hmm. So this is a new ability that I have, the ability to shoot missiles. And uh, as I mentioned, the hatches are basically the doorways into the next room. And a lot of times they're color-coded, and sometimes you, you're you not able to open a certain hatch because the color indicates an ability that I don't have yet. You know, so, mm-hmm. that's, so that's one way that the game tries to gate content and not allow you to proceed into certain areas unless you've you know, gotten certain things done first. Uh, so one of the first kind of big enemies I run into is this giant worm uh, with a large eye. It kind of blocks off the chamber. And of course, my new weapon is immediately used to defeat it. I used, you know, which is just like a mini boss. It's a little mini boss okay. area. Yeah, I mean, there's like, I think there's a couple of places where you might run into this creature if you don't beat it right away, because it kind of it kind of attacks me for a while, but it it gives up and leaves if I don't beat it fast enough, mm-hmm. and it, it'll return later on. But I did beat it on the first try, and um, this is, uh, you know, basically you just shoot it in the eye three times with, with the missile shot, and uh, and that'll, that'll take care of that. And by getting that, I get the charge beam as my reward, which is now the ability to have a longer, more powerful laser shot by holding down the fire oh, okay. button. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that being in the original game. Mm-hmm. I also find a map room, which downloads the entire map for the zone for me. Mm, that's handy. <laughs> Right. So all the unexplored rooms will show up in gray, and every place that I've been in will be you know, filled in, uh, as well as connecting points off of the zone. So I'll know how to leave if I need to go to the next area. 
However, it doesn't show secret rooms. I was going to say, does it show secret rooms? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, those get uncovered in green as I find them on the okay. map. But you don't initially have any of that information. Do they even give you like a hint? Like a wall is like kind of broken or something on the map? Or uh, Sometimes you'll see like a little, what looks like a little doorway on a, on a room. Uh-huh. And it might indicate that there's something on the other side. But a lot of times you don't mm-hmm. until I- you actually get through. And then it'll it'll kind of break the line. And it doesn't indicate where, like, extra energy tanks are or missile tanks? Not at all. Okay. No. That you have to just kind of find on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I did notice, like, certain little dots on the map. And I, th- I feel like those indicated some of those power-ups, but after I found them. So I don't know what good that does. Hmm. I mean, once I've picked it up, I have it. So that's it. There's no reason to go back there I for it. I guess if you're going for 100% completion. <sighs> mm, it could be. You know, like, you don't want to waste your time and exploring the same rooms over again mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's not something to do with can you it. mark the map also you don't have the ability to edit you don't okay no i mean the screen is so small mm-hmm. <laughs> on a gba yeah, uh-huh. there's not this it's surprising amount of detail in there but but nonetheless no you don't have that chance so some of the other zones i explored um it's there's one called norfair and this is sort of a, a hot zone filled with you know lava and magma and it just gives you the impression that it's supposed to be like hotter here even the the crab like zoomers they emerge from the lava still burning <laughs> and in fact most of the creatures here seem to be on fire in some way mm-hmm. uh one type even reminds me of the enemies in demon attack like they sort of float up near the ceiling and swarm down upon you and have a very similar type of appearance and above that is another zone called uh crateria and this zone represents the planet's surface. This is where Samus's ship is located. And um, I eventually find a statue here uh, that has a new ability, but it says unknown item number one. And when I go to, you know, when it goes to install itself in my suit, it says it is incompatible with my current suit. And eventually I find even two more of these items, these mysterious unknown items. Uh, some more exploration leads to a statue that grants the power grip, and that lets you grab onto ledges and corners. Mm, you couldn't do that in the first game either. Really? Mm-hmm. It's funny that you need an ability to be able to do that. Yeah. That you can't yeah. just grab a ledge uh-huh. <laughs> on a, by itself. Did you find that come in handy? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it opens up the, the game map, and, you know, it, it just happens automatically. You don't have to do anything to trigger that ability. You just kind of automatically grip onto things when you're on the edge of it and again this is used to immediate effect as a statue like rises out of the ground and i climb the ledges to get out of that current room and that's one thing that this game does repeatedly as it grants you an ability you use it immediately to see how it works Mm -hmm. it is basically used to solve your your very next puzzle the ice beam is another power-up that i get which can freeze enemies and this lets you use them as platforms so I find a room with, um, you know, a missile tank upgrade in it. But this time, this particular map, uh, this particular room, rather, is colored orange on the map. And that indicates that it's, like, too hot for me to be in there. And basically, I just take damage just from being in there. Mm. Um, so I skip that for now. So this is another example of just finding something that I'm not equipped to handle just yet. Uh, I, you know, also find, like you asked before, like, are there hints or tips of, of things that you find? Um, and occasionally you do notice that. Like, mm-hmm. there is a block that I run into that has some kind of symbol on it. 
um, if I fire upon it, I'll, you know, reveal the block and I'll say, well, what is this? I don't know what this <laughs> is. The, I don't know how to get this open yet. But, you know, it's just something you have to return to. Um, so another zone is called Crade. And this is named for the boss that lives there. <laughs> um, it has sort of a mossy stone kind of a look. And some interesting things happen in this area. I get another energy tank, which increases my maximum health, basically. So you have each energy tank adds 100 points to your health. So you can have multiple energy tanks. So as you go on, you discover new ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, as a result, get uh, you know a greater capacity to take damage, pretty much. I also find uh, a machine that activates blocks that move on rails on the ceiling that I can attach to. So basically, it's almost like a little pulley system along the, hmm. the ceiling. Okay. Uh, there's little switches that you can fire that will call, that will kind of move the, the little uh, winch back and forth. So, of course, that's used right away. There's a boss fight with another giant worm or something that lunges out of a pool of acid. And the rail on the ceiling is used to switch sides before it attacks. So as soon as you see it giving its tell that it's about to hit you, you kind of spin over to the other side and attack it from the other end because it's before it like lunges towards me. The fight was initially kind of a huge pain because I would try to bait it to lunge to one side. And, um, but you know, sometimes my timing would be off and it would kind of grab me and it would pull me into the acid and I would have a hard time jumping out. So this fight took a little getting used to, but again, it wasn't terribly difficult once you kind of figure out the pattern. And of course there's, um, there's, you know, eventually there's the big fight with Kraid himself and the hatch to Kraid's lair is a little bit unique. It's this spiky eye that opens up. So there's a hatchway, but it kind of has like what looks like an eyelid over it and it will open up and, and look at me as I get closer to it. Do you, you need something special to get in? Or? Uh, you just have to shoot it with a missile, oh, basically, okay. to open it up. And um, you get a little cutscene, of course, before the big fight. And uh, he's basically a big lizard-like beast. He's got three eyes. He throws, like, talons at me. Is this the first really big boss you faced? Uh, this is, I, I guess, more major. This is like a bigger boss fight than mm-hmm. the previous ones. Okay. So this is definitely a, a bigger encounter. It's like multi-stage, you know, the, the abilities change as the fight goes on. He'll also like shoot missiles from, or actually he shoots like what look like claws from his chest. And he shoots, they shoot out and impale on the wall and you can use them as like step ladders mm. to get up to him. So he's really large. He'll cover, he covers like multiple screens. <laughs> so ideally the, what you want to do is you want to shoot him in the eye. They'll cause him to roar. And then you fire missiles into his mouth while he's open. Okay. But as the fight goes on, he'll like smash his platforms and you fall down and I have to climb back up. And it's, it's, you know, a little bit of work. I didn't think it was too hard, but it was still more challenging than anything else I'd run into so far. Uh, after defeating him, uh, a statue appears somewhere. You get like sort of a, a glimpse of like a statue somewhere else kind of appearing to wake up. And then I find another ability called Speed Booster. And this one is used to crash through walls mm-hmm. occasionally. I would find blocks that have little arrowheads on them, and that indicates that you have to be uh, going fast to be able okay. to break through them. And it shows like a little trail behind your character. Yeah. That's happens. As, as your character speeds up, when that trail starts happening, that means you're going fast enough to, to break those blocks. And the, another upgrade is for high jump, which gives me uh, the ability to jump a little higher. 
and also uh, allows the morph ball to jump as well, which it wasn't able to do before. Oh, okay. So other times when I was in morph ball form, you can drop bombs, and the bombs will like push me up, and that mm-hmm. that can be used to kind of climb up to higher levels. So it's kind of funny. I was able to. I use that quite a lot throughout the game, just to try to find blocks along a wall that might need something special. Um, usually the bombs will reveal that. And another power-up is the Varia suit. This is basically an upgrade to the suit itself. And what this does is it decreases damage from enemies, and it prevents damage from acid and heat. Does it change color to your suit? It does change the appearance slightly. It's a little more... Like, the original suit is a little more yellow. This one becomes a little more orange. And I thought, oh, great, now I can use those unknown items, but Mm -hmm. not quite yet. Okay. Uh, The unknown items are still unidentified, so uh, my curiosity will have to wait a little longer to find out what that does. But also notably, though, even though it protects me from acid and heat, it does not protect me from lava. (laughs) So that still is damaging. If you touch the lava, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And also along the way, I noticed... um, there's these little tiny space parasites in some areas. These little tiny bugs. They're like little mites. And, you know, when one, they, if I come into contact with one of them, they end up sticking to my suit and crawling all around mm. me. And that by itself is not that bad. But then, or it doesn't really do anything. But if there's more than a few of them, they start to do damage. They start to eat away at the suit. And so you do more ball and bomb them? Yeah, you could do that. That works. Mm. Or just changing zones. I think going through a hatch will get rid of them, too. So they don't stick with you there. And also, my my acid-free ability now is also used to get an energy tank hidden in an acid pool. So this is another kind of instance where right away you're rewarded for getting a new ability. And also, the space parasites that I mentioned can be used to chew up these biological masses that are acting as barriers. So they're these weird sort of alien-looking, like, bio-things. And what you do is you lure those parasites over to it, and they'll eat it away, and that'll clear the passageway. Um, so that's pretty neat. And at this point, I'm starting to backtrack a little bit. I'm visiting areas that I couldn't handle before. Mm-hmm. So, for example, that hot room that I ran into, I was able to go back into that now and, and pick up the upgrades there. And another upgrade is uh, the wave beam, which can now shoot through solid objects. So now my shots look like these wavy lines, and I can, I can shoot anything on the screen, basically. I don't okay. have to be in direct line of sight of it. So that's pretty handy. There's a boss battle here with like this big slug that is like snared up in tentacles. And there's just a single ripper bug kind of floating through the level uh, around the room in kind of like a figure eight pattern. And essentially, I had to freeze this ripper in place and then use it as a platform to blast away the tentacles that are holding up mm. the slug. And once it gets freed, it it drops, and there's a path opening up to the next zone, which is called Ridley. And that is also named after the boss of that zone. (laughs) Ridley is the leader of the space pirates. And before I encounter that boss, though, there's there's a giant flying bug that's kind of flying around. It looks like a giant, like, hornet or something like that. Um, it just fires its stinger, and while it's like buzzing back and forth in the room, it's a bit of a pushover. Though there's really not much challenge to it. All you have to do is shoot it in the tail um, a bunch of times with some missiles, and the reward for beating that boss is the super missile tank. Oh, what's that? So this is an upgraded missile that uh, now can open up green hatches, and 
It is also more powerful than your more basic missile. It does more damage. Okay. Uh, it has its own type of ammo, too. So that's kept separately. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's certain doors that require those missiles, and some doors require the regular missiles? Right. Okay. Yeah. So the fight with Ridley is not terrible. It, Ridley is uh, a, kind of a moderately sized, like, space dragon, pterodactyl-looking-like thing. Um, it's depicted on the cover of the game. It's sort of above the logo in the background. But it's also the box art for Super Metroid. So if you ever see mm. the cover yes. for, for that, you see Samus firing at this kind of this red dragon-like creature, and that's Ridley. Mm-hmm. It's over pretty quick. All you have to do is hammer him with some missiles, and that's that. <laughs> do you know the story behind why it's called Ridley? I, I don't know specifically. Okay. I don't either. I don't know if there was a story or not. I wonder. I don't know. Like why they chose that name. I don't know. It, it is curious. I'm sure there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe somebody knows what that is. <laughs> Wikipedia, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so afterwards, uh, the screw attack power is picked up. And this is a pretty important attack. This is a pretty famous... Named after the website, right? <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <sighs> clearly they got some inspiration <laughs> from this. Um they this ability allows you to damage enemies while, while somersaulting. So as you somersault, you're now charged up with energy, and you can slam into enemies and, and destroy them. And it also lets you destroy certain blocks that have a little sort of a star pattern on them. So that will come in handy <laughs> very soon. It's always a good ability to mm-hmm. have. Uh, so I'm, my next destination is in Turian. And this is a zone that is essentially Mother, Bl- Mother Brain's lair. Uh, a cutscene shows some some Metroids feeding on an alien carcass. Uh, finally, I figure, hey, you know, finally meet the Metroids that this game is named after. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, but running into them is not that much fun. <laughs> because they emerge very ominously from the background. They kind of zoom in and buzz around and... You pretty much want to avoid these things if possible. Freezing them and then pelting them with missiles is the way to eliminate them. But they move very fast. There's wall turrets that will that are also firing at me while I'm in this area. They fire these slow-moving energy rings uh, that get in the way very easily. So there's still like these jellyfish things that'll cling to you, right? And suck right. you dry your Right. So if they come into contact with me, they basically latch onto my head and start like squishing away and and like draining my 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 energy the only way to shake them off is to shrink down into morph ball form and bomb them away and that'll cause them to let go okay but they'll keep chomping away if i let them Mm. Uh, fighting more than one at a time is asking for trouble so i move ahead kind of slowly and just wait for each one to pop up before moving ahead Things get really nuts when I get to this room that has... A now you don't, do you have the ice beam yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure, yeah. Because usually you just freeze them with the ice beam, right? And then right. You if you have a clear shot. Them. Okay. Yeah, you can do that. All right. <laughs> they thaw really fast, though. Oh, they do? Okay. They're, they're, they're fairly, I don't remember, yeah. They're fairly resistant to freezing. I mean, they're obviously... It works against them, but they they start blinking right away and, mm. and break out of it. Okay. So that's really your, your only chance to he- keep hitting them with missiles. That's, that's what you want to do. So there's a room with a row of energy barriers, which, you know, eventually leads to your target mother brain. And she's in a big kind of uh, water tank, sort of. The tank breaks, and I fire missiles. 
directly into the eye. There's like a big eye in the center. Now it fires back. It's actually got like a cannon shot that it fires back with that you have to sort of jump to avoid. There's also multiple turrets around the room. There's rings being fired at you. There's regular bullets being fired. Um, It takes place over a lava pit, so I'm getting constantly knocked into the lava pit. And now I sort of start to understand why I spent so much time grabbing these energy upgrades and missile upgrades because I, I, I get I you know get take I take a lot of damage here and I use a lot of ammo to try to, to beat this boss, enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after several tries, you know, enough super missile shots in the eye, it blows up, basically. And naturally, much like the first game, uh, the self destruct is activated, and I've got two minutes to evacuate. Right, so I have to make this big uh, escape, platforming up a vertical shaft, and also through some some caves to try to get to my ship. Now, there's, when you're escaping, are there enemies in your way still? Uh, I don't like, do think the there's any enemies. There's nothing. Okay, I forget. It's just um, basically the platforms are timed, like they start to crumble as you okay. step on them. Uh-huh. So you just have to keep hopping to make your way to the top of this long shaft. And just getting to the top is not enough. You then continue into, like, a cavern area and um, get to uh, the actual ship and uh, basically escape from the planet before it blows up. Or, you know, at least that's the sense that I get, that it's blowing up. But there's a few more cutscenes that occur. Like, another cutscene cuts in here. Basically, the ship gets surrounded, Mm -hmm. and I get shot down. So you see Samus' ship descending back towards the planet. Even though... Wait, didn't the planet blow up, though? Didn't blow up. Oh, <laughs> I guess oh. just the layer was blowing up. Oh, okay. So you see the, sh- the ship get getting shot down, and basically it, it falls back to the planet. Mm. And uh, after, you know, crash landing, somehow all of my power-ups are gone, all my weapons, even the suit that I'm wearing is gone. All I have is a stun gun. And the only recourse I have here is to infiltrate the pirate mothership. I'm near the pirate mothership now. And this is basically Zero Suit Samus. <laughs> you see that blue sort of jumpsuit that uh, that Samus okay. appears uh-huh. in. And I presume from, I guess, because the game is Zero Mission, this is where the name comes from, I think. Um, so I'm in an area called Chozodia. And this is named after those mysterious statues that I find around. The, those are It's a race of beings called the Chozo. And um, it's a, kind of adjacent to Criteria, where my ship was before. And pretty much this is sort of the final setting for the game. This is where the climax of the game takes place. Um, because, you know, the, the ruins, the Chozo ruins and the Pirate Mothership are, are here. And uh, I spent some time here doing this. So basically this is sort of the new area for this game, um, or at least one of them, where they added this, this whole new uh, thing to sort of um, experience as part of the original uh, adventure you know the fact that you're now powerless you're depowered and you have to kind of make your way through this area now and um, there's kind of a cool rain effect I'm approaching the the mothership trying to find a way in there's a small hatch that I can infiltrate through and this place is crawling with uh, creatures that are the space pirates they look like giant lobster men basically mm-hmm. and the game has has pretty much turned into now a stealth platformer because you're kind of trying to sneak around not get noticed you know avoid any there's like laser fences set up as security systems there's rooms where like there's like spotlights 
like going around to try to to you know catch intruders or whatever. Mm-hmm. The stun gun itself is not very effective. If I get into combat with the enemy, you pretty much I pretty much have to like shoot it from behind to to be affected against them. A lot of times, it just bounces off their armor and they just continue mm-hmm. to attack me. So. Not really sure what the condition is for it working against them, but pretty much if I catch them in mid jump, or if I catch them while they're not looking, it'll it'll kind of freeze them temporarily for me to get past them, but it doesn't kill them or anything. So once I do get noticed and the alarm sounds, they're after they're after me very aggressively. I have to run and try to hide, find like a kind of a hidden area where they won't notice me, and then the alarm will kind of die down. And you know, the level is just full of hair trigger chase sequences where the enemies are just right behind me and one slip up means they're going to just get all over me. And interestingly, I do find some blocks here that indicate that some of my old powers are required to open them up. So that kind of tells me that I do get my suit back at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get to a room where, you know, alarms trigger again if, you know, even one of them hits me. And it's, I just, I just start to wonder, like, who builds like an alien pirate ship this way? It's like, <laughs> this seems like it's just set up to be a trap. And, um, I also get an opportunity to escape into the ruins. There's ways to exit the ship and get out into sort of this, um, sort of this more ancient looking area. Now your health gauge, did that get reset down to the minimum? Or? I don't think so. I think I still had all of my health. Okay. So that was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, one bump from an enemy pretty much eats away like a whole energy tank. Yeah. Okay. So, not too many chances to stay alive if you're if they're like. Yeah, right I'm on just top wondering like if you try to do like a speed run in this game mm-hmm. and you didn't get too many energy tanks in the main portion. Yeah. Once you leave that area, you can't go back. Like it's a before right. you defeat Mother Brain, you're gonna want to get all those. Right. Well, if if you know your way around this ship. Mm-hmm. It is possible to sneak around without getting noticed. I mean, it's difficult, but if yeah. if you're a speedrunner type, you probably know exactly when the right time to go is. Um, there were there were times where you know I had to repeat a sequence because I got caught, and you know on subsequent retries I would get through without getting noticed at all. Okay. So yeah, if you know it well enough, I think I think that's possible. Now, the ruins have this sort of Egyptian-like feel to them with kind of like desert overtones, um, this hieroglyphics in the background. Uh, there's one room where there's like, you know, these big, large eyes scanning, and they act as like security systems as well. That seems to be like an Egyptian thing to me, like these big eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, that just reminds me of that. There's also an interesting little cutscene that shows what seems to be a young Samus being led through these ruins. So maybe something here remembers her because you end up in a minor sort of boss encounter where sort of some part of the ruin comes forward and it appears like as like an apparition. And it has this mirror ball in the center that reflects Samus's image. So anything that your figure is doing is also repeated in the mirror. Hmm. If you shoot the mirror while it's on, while it's doing that, you take damage. Oh, so it actually weird. reflects the damage back on you. Mm-hmm. But occasionally it turns solid, and it has um, a symbol that kind of looks like the power suit mask a little bit. So I just have to shoot that four times, and it will sort of unlock... I'm calling it a boss encounter. I suppose that's what it is. But that will sort of solve this particular little mini puzzle. Basically, that grants... Uh, the suit back to Samus, hmm. 
and it's actually an upgraded suit. It's referred to as the fully powered suit. <laughs> what color is that? Um, this one has a slightly more pinkish appearance. Hmm. So one of the benefits is that it's it's actually the unknown items found previously now work with this suit. And it's three abilities that are basically the, pa- the plasma beam, which can shoot through multiple enemies at once. The gravity suit ability, which uh, reduces enemy damage and also allows free movement in water. So before, there are certain sequences where you go underwater, and your, your movement is like somewhat reduced. You get some water resistance. This suit bypasses that. And also, finally, allows me to be able to um, avoid lava damage with this mm. suit. So that was the three unknown options? Uh, that or? was two of them, and the third okay. one is called Space Jump. Okay. And that lets me spin in the air repeatedly. So you can do basically the the screw attack, but then you jump repeatedly, and it keeps going up and up and up. Like a like double jump sort of thing, or unlimited. Uh, it's kind of, of unlimited if huh. you can if you can time it and yeah. keep keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's portions where I can spin all the way across like the screen if I just keep it keep it going. Mm-hmm. And another another new power up is discovered called the power bomb tank, and this is an upgraded type of bomb, basically the power bomb. Uh, which is used to open up yellow hatches. <laughs> and it also creates a big explosion that will wipe out anything that's destructible on the screen. So this will often open up like new passages completely. And so now that I have all my toys back, <laughs> I start touring back to the previous zones to scoop up more upgrades. I'm able to break back into the old area of the game. So, for example, I, you know, I started off really small, but by the time I got everything, I ended the game with 240 missiles, um, 30 super missiles, and 18 power bombs. So, nice upgraded inventory there. And back to the pirate mothership when I'm all done in Chazodia for the finale of the game. Um, the final fight is with a mechanized version of Ridley. Uh, but it moves very slowly. It's almost painfully slow. It's very large, and it very meticulously and slowly takes, like, swipes at me with its claw. Okay. It's a little bit easier to fight? Um, overall, I mean, I guess so. It It's hard for me to avoid that claw. I was taking damage from that thing almost every time. Hmm. So I just had to try to do as much damage as I could in between each, each swipe. Um, the goal is to shoot... Uh, this glowing crystal in its chest. And um, as it takes more damage, it changes up its attacks. So in addition to the swiping, it'll also shoot fireballs from its mouth. It'll shoot laser beams from its eyes. And it even shoots missiles from its, like, backpack or something. And, you know, just persistence. I was able to beat it. And once defeating it, a five-minute countdown timer starts. Another one. (laughs) Another one. This time it's a dash to um, the mother, you know the pirate mothership's docking bay has like an escape craft in it, so um, I try to make my way there, and it's you know make it with a good minute and a half to spare. Once defeating it, uh, you know like I, like right at the last minute before I'm you know before I'm ready to jump into the ship, like another enemy jumps out of the cockpit and tries to, sh- to stop me, but it doesn't last long at all. And basically, I get uh, you know a mission accomplished message when done, and the credits roll, and there's like a little Easter egg at the end, a little drawing that you see uh, from the ruins again. But 
don't know if I should give it away. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's it's pretty simple. I mean, basically, you 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 see what looks like a very sort of childlike drawing of Samus um, mm-hmm. among like bird-like uh, creatures. Oh, okay. So there is some connection Got between it. Samus and the Chozo. Uh huh. So uh, among other things that I liked about this game. So wait, the, and that's it. The that's pretty ends? much it. Does it start over from the beginning? I pretty much. Well, basically, I get I get an image of of Samus, mm-hmm. right? There's there's actually eight different endings to the game, depending on what percentage you completed and what difficulty setting you played on, and also how much time you took. There's also there's a timer that you know records. It's not visible throughout the game, I think, but at the end, it tells you what your play time was. Mm. Um, so in my case, I got a scrolling image of Samus, like in her full armor, just kind of sitting on, you know, some kind of rocky, uh, exterior. And, um, I, you know, it, it, my clear time, I mean, I know the game has been criticized for being very short. I, I I've heard that, but in my case, my time was eight hours and 49 minutes. <laughs> and I finished with 96% of the items. Okay. Sounds so respectable. I don't know. So even though I took my time, yeah, I did not get not everything. Every last thing. Yeah. The other thing you get is you get uh, you get to unlock the NES version of Metroid. Oh, really? So that becomes playable. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, huh. as a menu item. So that's oh, also that's another neat. thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, so that image that I unlocked gets added to a gallery. You also see a gallery uh, option on the menu now. So presumably, if you replay it and you get a different ending, each of those images will get stored wow. or unlocked in that gallery. So you'd have to replay it eight times. If you want to get, you'd have to know what the eight. Right. Otherwise, you'd just keep replaying you'd it. You'd have to know it. what the conditions are yeah. and how to meet them. That's insane. <laughs> like some, I know one of the endings is you have to complete it with less than fifteen percent of the items. Oh wow! So that's pretty tricky, I mm-hmm. think. So yeah, I mean. I like the little cutscenes that you get throughout the game. It's very... They, they, I love the look of them. They look kind of hand-drawn, almost. It's almost like they're scenes from, like, a Metroid animated series that never happened. It would have been really cool to see something like that in a similar kind of a we style. Captain N and the Game Master, right? <laughs> Is that what he was called? I, I guess. I'm not that was familiar it one of the it. characters in that? Uh-huh. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember it too well. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... The graphics, the music, and the sound were all top quality in the game, especially for a handheld. I thought this was a really good experience. Uh, the music, while very good, it's it's on a constant loop throughout the game. I mean, every zone has its own kind of theme to it, musical theme, but it gets repetitive. I mean, you hear it constantly while you're while you're there. Um, the music was composed by Kenji Yamamoto and Minako Hamano, who also worked on other Metroid titles. So there is sort of this, you know, consistency, uh, you know, as part of the experience, I suppose. So what else? I, I guess I would say the main challenge from this game, I feel, is pretty much from the environment and the pathing puzzles. And, you know, I think you know, the, the enemies and so on are, are not as stressed. So it's not, it's, so it's not about the enemies in the game trying to beat you. It's more about the exploration and trying to find your way through things more than the actual combat. That's the challenge. That's really where the game, I think, um, puts its focus, you know? 
And um, especially considering the game is very generous with, like, health and weapon restores, like, as you defeat enemies, they're constantly dropping, like, health back, and you can replenish your supplies pretty frequently. So that's really not much of a challenge, you know. Ammunition for your weapons, too. The save points restore them, the statues restore them, Mm -hmm. enemies are constantly dropping them, so... That's not really... Resources are not an issue in this game either. I did find the controls a little difficult at times. There's a technique in the game called uh, shine sparking. And what this is, this is a method of speed boosting, right? Yeah. (laughs) This was the find in one of the previous games. Okay. Uh, Basically, you, you build up your boost, and then instead of continuing until you crash into something, you basically crouch at the end of your run. And that'll temporarily store the boost. And then you can fire it off in a different direction. Hmm. So you can use this to reach new areas that you probably wouldn't be able to get to otherwise. Hmm. I never knew about this. Yeah. And even it even extends to the morph ball. So you, there are times where you have to store your boost and then crouch into a, a, a morph ball and then fire it off while maintaining this charge. And it gets a little tricky to me. I, I'm sure there are some people that are really good at it, particularly speedrunners, but I found that a bit hmm. challenging. I think because the game is crawling with secret passages almost everywhere you go, I found it a little bit overwhelming, actually, <laughs> because it's not strictly necessary to hunt down every last secret, mm-hmm. but I just found myself doing it because they were there. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know which ones are significant and which ones... I should pass over as I'm playing. So, you know, as I, and considering that I'm finding them as I go, and then some of them I can't access yet because I don't have the ability to get through it yet. I either have to remember where that was, or I have to make some note of it, or just simply check everywhere I go. Like everywhere I'm trying to travel through, I'm going to bomb everything I see just to see if it's like some kind of block that I can break at some point, you know? So I found that to be, a little bit busy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, rather than just play the game, I'm kind of just checking for every every so square was, inch. Right, yeah. That's just the way your you your brain works when you play these type of games. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see where these things lead to. Uh-huh. That's probably why my playtime was so long, because, you know, like I've said, I've heard the game is so short, but that's probably just if you just play it, like, and just see where it goes. everything, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I, I understand that, you know, this is what the Metroid series is basically defined as. Like, this this type of iterative, layered gameplay is kind of the hallmark of the series. But for me, this particular game kind of went overboard with it. I mean, not, this isn't really necessarily a criticism. It's just, you know, I can't really fault it for it, you know, because that's really what the game is, you know. But obviously, you can just play it and enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to go too, too nuts. So I did check on eBay to see... How available this game is seems pretty plentiful. You can get a loose cart from anywhere from ten to twenty-five dollars, depending on how desperate you are to get one. I suppose that would have cost brand new. <laughs> you think so? At the time, yeah. Well, I guess what well, GBA games were what about thirty bucks? I guess twenty, um, 20, to, 20 30? to thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Depending on the quality of it, I think probably Metroid was probably thirty when it came out. Uh huh. I remember seeing that on sale many times. Yeah. Well, I guess um, if you want a complete copy with box and manual, it's anywhere from 40 to $70. Wow. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> well, so, of course, with GBA games, uh, counterfeits are pretty common. 
So you have to be kind of careful if you want an authentic mm-hmm. one. So I would say, you know, I mean, I saw a variety of labels on some of these carts from the pictures they were showing. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, good luck if you buy one. And I'm not quite sure what, I'm, yeah, what you're going to get. I think the whole Game Boy line is troubled with mm-hmm. that. Right. It's too bad. Mm. But there's plenty of ways to play that. It's true. It's also available on the Wii U Virtual Console. Mm. If you happen to have a Wii U. <laughs> um, Might that, be somebody who has one of those. Sure. Uh, that was released in 2014 in Japan, and it was just recently released in the U.S. on January 14th of 2016. So those are other options if you don't want to play an original cart. So what did you think? Is this something you liked? or? Um, again, I, I enjoyed it, but... I, uh, I I probably went overboard with the secrets, trying yeah. to find every last one. I mean, I, I played it probably like not too soon after it came out, so this was kind of a long time ago. I don't for some reason I don't remember it that well. I, like I seem to remember going through it pretty quickly, maybe like in one night, two nights, maybe uh-huh. the most. Right. Um, I remember the original Metroid a lot more. I don't know why, because that's even longer ago. I played that in '86 or '87, whenever that came out. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think it's a huge improvement over the original. Like, it's almost to the point where, now that you've played that, I can't recommend playing the original game because you're going to feel like it's so Mm -hmm. outdated and archaic. Right. Well... And it's much, much harder. The original is extremely difficult. Huh. Interesting. Well, I I guess that's a problem because Metroid 2 is kind of the next game in the series if you want to play them, if I want to play them chronologically. And that's kind of closer to the first game. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never played that one. Did you have time for any games this week? Yeah, I um, played this game called Burn It Down on iOS. Mm-hmm. It is a game published by Tappanator. It was released in 2015. It's a free game. I don't know if it's still free, but when I picked it up, it was free. It's a, like, pixel-style graphic game. But very chunky sprites, though. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of something as, um, like, a Atari 800 type of game. Hmm. It looks like it would something you like on that. Okay. Um, sort of like a, a limbo look, like a very monochrome, like, black and white sort of feel to it. You, the theme of this is you're a plumber who wakes up in a mansion, and you discover that your lover is missing. Hmm. So it's sort of like a twist on, I guess, like Mario a little bit, hmm. but it really has absolutely nothing to do with that. Okay. I don't know why they chose this guy to be a plumber. I, I don't get it. But I, Which is even weirder because your first task in this game is to go over to the closet and put clothes on because you wake up out of the bed with no clothes on. Mm-hmm. And he puts like a suit on. And I'm like, if he's a plumber, like, shouldn't you put on like overalls or <laughs> like some kind of like work suit or something? Uh-huh. But whatever, you're looking for your girlfriend, I guess. So So this is a side-view puzzle action game. It has about 50 levels in it. You have unlimited lives, and you're just basically starting off uh, on the level, and you just have to get to the door, which is the exit, to move on to the next level. They do give you a timer. Um, They want you to finish all 50 levels within an hour. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a minute a level, Mm. pretty much. I played this thinking that you had to beat the whole game in an hour. But I think that if you didn't, if you finish it under an hour, I think you just don't get like an extra um, bonus or achievement or something. I think you could still, I finished it with 15 minutes left, but I think what you don't get penalized if you don't finish it in time. Mm. 
Um, there's no enemies or obstacles in this. I mean, there's enemy. There's no enemies, but there are just obstacles in your way. So you have like spikes, like switches you encounter. That you have to like turn things on and off in order to make your way to the exit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not a whole lot of you know action. Really, I would say. Is the level like a single screen, or is it? Like, it does scroll. It does, but they're pretty okay. short. They're, sometimes they are just one screen. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Two screens wide. Nothing mm. like too comp. They're pretty quick. I mean, like I said, I have 15 minutes left over. Mm-hmm. And even some levels give me trouble and I still beat it, you know, plenty of time. Mm. Okay. So you can fly through a lot of them. The The main problem I have with this game is that the, tr- the jumping in it is very tricky. Because you do have to do a lot of, like, jump time jumps in order to get to the door. But the way it works is... The left side of the screen, because you're on the touch screen, so the left side is left, the right side of the screen is right. To build momentum, you have to kind of give yourself a running start, sort Mm -hmm. of. So, like, if you walk sort of, like, four steps, you you sort of build momentum, and then your character moves walks a little bit faster. And then you're able to jump off the ledge. So you have to kind of give yourself like a little bit of a... It's not like you're running. It's more like just walking faster. Mm. So you have to kind of judge when you see like a pit. You have to know, well, do I want to fall off the pit or do I want to jump off it? And sometimes you don't know until you fall and then find out. Mm-hmm. And what I had trouble with is when you have to do like quick ones in succession and you know, you're falling and you have to do another jump. It's hard to judge how much distance you have to, to make that jump off the ledge. A lot of times I thought I had room and I was walking and he just falls right off. Because you can't really tell the differences from walking and running. Uh-huh. It looks almost the same to me. Is there any like damage from falling? Yeah, no. you just die and you start over. Uh. <laughs> yeah, just instant death. Okay. And that's really just a time penalty more than anything, right? Yeah, you lose like maybe two seconds mm-hmm. when that happens. Yeah. But there are some parts where I died maybe like 30 times on the same spot because you have some some, some areas are done where it's like jump, fall, jump, fall, jump, jump long jump and stuff like that and you have to really do them all like boom 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 it's all timing because there's mm-hmm. like and en- there's not enemies but like spikes that are like jump um, appearing and disappearing so you have to kind of time everything in the right order mm-hmm. and if not then you gotta start over again hmm. so that's usually like on some of the later levels but um that's that's kind of like the whole point of the game and then as you progress i mean i don't want to give away the story but some of the story unfolds a little bit and he'll, like, see, like, a phone or a wallet or, you know, something that triggers a memory or mm-hmm. more of the story, like, opens up. It's not, like, that deep of a story, but at the end, you know, you'll find out what happens. But uh, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, the puzzle element, element towards the, the Switch puzzle thing adds a little bit more variety towards, like, the last 15 levels, I would say. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, it's a pretty simple game, I think. Hmm. They do give you... So you, it's a free game, but um, if you get stuck... On a level, like if you just can't figure it out, you can. They give you like three um, sort of like helpers, and what it does is it'll show you a ghost of your character, and the ghost will play out the level for you. Hmm. But it won't play the level for you. It'll just show you like this is how you should do the level. It'll uh-huh. show you like where to jump and stuff. So if you use those three up, then you can buy more of those. But I see. I, I never used them at all. I th- no, I, I did use once mm-hmm. just because I, it was near the end and I was afraid I was going to run out of time. So I was like, I better use one of these things. Mm-hmm. But um, I really didn't need to use them. Okay. But it's, it's kind of cool. I like the look of it. It's very simplified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's another game I, I checked out. It's called Impulse. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's 
published by uh, I don't, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but it's Alexander Solovev, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, from two, 2014. This is also on iOS. It is a free game at the moment, and I think it still is. Um, I think it's just a permanent free game. Yeah. There is some ads in the game. The ads are 99 cents, I believe, if you want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't find they got in the way too much. And this is true, I think, with the other game, too, I just talked about. Um, one thing I noticed with these games with ads, if you want to get around it, like a lot of the times this works, just put it in airplane mode. <laughs> and it, it won't. Be, it, when it goes to access the ads, it can't. So mm-hmm. it'll just not, you'll just not get the ads. Uh-huh. Unless it's a banner that's on the bottom or something. But even that... A lot of the times, you yeah. just you get rid of all that. I noticed some games might cache some ads. Some, yeah. But, but in, this, in this case, uh, I know for a fact the other one, there were no ads that got in the way. Mm-hmm. And in this game, in the Impulse game, if there were ads, it were very minimal. And I think it was like every three or four stages, you watch like a quick ad. It was no big deal. Mm. I see. But, um, I mean, a dollar is no big deal either, if you want to get rid of it. <laughs> sure. But, uh, so this full name in the store, if you go to look it up, you might have trouble finding it in the App Store. Because it's not just called Impulse. It's Impulse, like that. It's with an exclamation point. Uh-huh. And then there's another whole part to it. It's called Impulse Break Kaleidoscope of Bricks. Superb Retro Brick Breaker with Modern Rendered Graphics. <laughs> that is actually the full title of this game. Wow. <laughs> yes. I guess they want to keep it unique. I don't know. I have no idea why mm-hmm. they... It's one of those weird things. Um, I have a feeling he's not from... You know, English-speaking country. Maybe. Because some of the description is, uh, well, aside from that wacky title, the App Store description uh, says, The gameplay is based on physics laws. Mm. 30 do not like each other level. <laughs> That's one of the, the, the features. 14 unique power-ups with the combination. Hmm. And many tactical approaches for the effective passage of. This sounds like a machine translation. Those, those, those are bullet points. <laughs> this sounds like a, it was... Pipe through a translation website or something. Uh, most likely was, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but the game itself is pretty good. It's a vertical Arkanoid-style brick game. Uh, I know there's like a lot of those, you know, it's probably the most overused type of game in the history of games. But uh, I like this one because a lot of the patterns on the levels look sort of kaleidoscope-looking. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all based on the triangles, the bricks, instead of actually like literally rectangle bricks they're triangles yeah and uh, the patterns are just to me very uh eye soothing and relaxing um the ball movement is very smooth and it leaves a little bit of trail behind it which i kind of liked on a touch screen and i felt like the paddle was very responsive um because it's like 60 frames per second i feel like it performed a little better than some of these other brick games i've played i don't know why Mm. the visuals also there's a lot of like like um almost like in a, in a Jeff Minter style a little bit with a lot of like glowing lights and like swirling patterns mm-hmm. on the screen and sort of like LCD LSD sort of like um ghosting effects uh-huh. on bricks as they fall. Yeah. I don't know, it was sort of like I, I liked it. it was very relaxing to me. There's uh, about 30 stages. It's not super long. You could probably beat it in a night or two. Uh, there are two modes, tactic and arcade. Tactic mode is uh, the, they're both the same 30 levels, depending on whichever one you choose. Mm-hmm. But the tactic mode is, when the bricks fall, you'll get a minus or a plus when it falls, um, like a little item. The minuses are bad. It'll give you a bad item. If you grab the plus, you can build up um, like a power meter. Mm-hmm. And you have a power meter at top. And then 
each the more pluses you get open up new attacks and you can select like like a robot attack um well robot attack would be like a, dro- a drone mm-hmm. that will help your um paddle yeah. collect the ball um there'll be like a machine gun weapon um there's like 14 different power-ups hmm. like um that's even more than arcanoid yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then if you get like the minus then there's also bad power-ups too mm. and i think the minuses give it to you automatically but it's it's all randomized um, there's one funny bad effect called Lucy in the Sky. I don't hmm. know why it's called that. <laughs> well. Which cycles, do you know why? Well. Have you ever heard of that expression? Well, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is like a, be- no a Beatles song. Oh, okay. I see. I had no idea what that and, reference was. And, and people think it's a reference to LSD because it's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Ah, okay. See? This, <laughs> I had no idea. To me, it's just all made up. I don't know. Uh-huh. So, but, I guess, so, so this cycles through one of the eight bad power-ups. Uh-huh. So that that ties into your LSD. Yes. Uh, yeah, observation. Very good. <laughs> um, there, if so, that's tactic. If you play arcade, then that's more like the Arkanoid style, where when you instead of having a plus or minus, it'll drop that bad or or positive um, power up, mm-hmm. and it's all like randomized. I guess it plays a little bit different because if you don't want, if you're happy with a certain power up, then you have to avoid like the. You know, another power-up that you don't like or something. But they only last for, like, 30 seconds, I think, and then... So they stack the effect? Uh, yeah, you can unload multiples at the same multiple time. Multiple bad ones? Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, multi- so the bad ones, if you get one, it doesn't go away until you get another power-up. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck with it. And some of them, like, there's one that makes your ball, like... There's one that gives you heavy gravity mm-hmm. and also, like, a jerky ball movement. Oh, <laughs> great. And that one's, like, soup. That I always die as soon as I get that, because mm-hmm. it's, like... The ball has no bounce to it, so as soon as it goes up, it comes right back down, and it comes in, like, a weird sort of, like, squiggly pattern. Mm-hmm. So that's always, like, an instant kill for me when I get that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I think for free, it's worth checking out if you like Arkanoid-style games. Sure. It's one of the better ones, I think. Huh. Yeah, I mean, touch screen is perfect for games like that, because you have, like, essentially full analog control of your, your yeah, paddle. So right. So a good thing to it, it is vertical screen and uh, they give you like a little thumbprint underneath the paddle like to tell you like this is where you should use your thumb mm-hmm. your finger but um you can use it anywhere on the screen mm. it's good nice all right yep. i think i'll grab those especially if they're free yeah i mean the other one i think is more like uh i don't i don't know if that's a game for everybody because it's a little bit more we have more patience and a little mm-hmm. bit trickier but this one i don't know this one's fun good time waster <laughs> yeah but uh, that's it that's what I've been busy with nice yeah very good so that's it for another week yep of our Brooklyn Bites Uh, remember to send us feedback on our Facebook page or if you want to email us it's obbfeedback at gmail.com sure and also visit theretrojunkies.com for other podcasts should mention that as well Mm -hmm. and uh, I guess we'll see you next time okay see you next week bye